Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Brian, one of the associate pastors here, and I'll be uh, preaching on today's passage from Acts. Acts. We'll be hearing from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. So I invite you to follow along on the screens behind me or listen to the verses as they are read aloud. So Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Now they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, when uh, my family as a child, when we moved to Madison, it took us about five years or so to find our church home that we would have. We would visit churches here in town that were available. We would visit Madison Methodist. We'd visit First Baptist Madison, Ridgecrest, even came to St. Matthew's a few, a few times. But we worshiped at Wells United Methodist when we lived in Jackson, and nothing quite felt like Wells. And if you know Wells, it just has its own feel that it's hard to recreate. So we just kind of church hopped for about five years. Well, then one day I remember being in the living room on a Saturday with my family. We were watching TV. And then on our front door, we had a knock at the door. And then my dad went to the door to see who it was. And it was a gentleman who I remember, I don't know why I remember this, who's wearing khaki pants and a blue polo and had a real personable voice. But he said, hello, I'm starting a new Methodist church in Madison. And we're going to the neighborhoods to invite people who don't have a church home to come visit us for our worship. Uh, we are worshiping at Madison Central because we don't have a building yet, but they're letting us use their common space there while we do our campaign to get our building. We've got a property, we've just got to do the campaign to get the building built. And that preacher sat there and talked to us for a while in the living room, really nice guy. And some of y'all who are in the Methodist world may know who he is, but that is Bruce Taylor, was the preacher who came to our house to talk to us about Parkway Hills United Methodist Church. Well, we took him up on his invite and we went to visit that church, and I remember it was quite odd to be worshiping inside of a public high school, you know, with the concession stand and the commons behind the preacher, but it, it worked for us. It was a great uh, church home for us. We fell in love with the church, so we said, you know what, this is our church home. We're going to join this church, and whatever journey that God has for this church, we want to be a part of it, and so we joined the church, and I remember that moment, and then we would go... Um, to the church and start making friendships and connections and have church friends. You know, I hadn't had really church friends in a while, so we had church friends. And it was real special. Well, the youth group was kind of a smaller youth group, but it was large enough to have a, um, a part-time youth director that would try to get us wrangled together and focus just long enough to tell us something about the Bible and then feed us pizza afterwards, okay? And we would just run around and play it the rest of the time. But I remember my big awe moment that I had was when we went on our retreat in the summertime, the Lake Genaluska, and at, all, at the end of the retreat, you walk to the big light-up cross they have there, and I've never done that. I remember the first time I did that, and just round in the bend, going up to that cross, seeing it all lit up, I just had an, like a, an awe moment of just clicked with me of what God's relationship to me means, um, how much love he has for me and for all of mankind. It just really just, it just clicked with me in that moment with the youth group. So when we came back, I did confirmation at Parkway Hills. And it was just me and a couple other kids. 
And so Bruce would take us to Dairy Queen because he liked ice cream, and we would just talk about church. And that was our confirmation process. But I was baptized through the confirmation process. I was baptized at the, in the commons of Madison Central. I remember kneeling on a pillow there and being baptized in the schools. Quite the experience. And we were researching when we were joining up the church. We researched that, of course, my sister wasn't baptized. She was older, so she was baptized. And then my dad had never been baptized. And we were surprised about that. So all three of us got baptized on uh, Confirmation Sunday, and it was quite the experience. But that was, you know, a, a, a church where I felt the Holy Spirit at work in that church. It was a new church, a lot of excitement, a growing church. I remember when the building was built, we had our final service in the commons there, and then we walked across the parkway to the new building there. And we put a lot of sweat equity in that yard. <laughs> that church that was built in a way where it disturbed very little of the landscape. If a tree didn't have to come out, it, it just didn't come out. And I remember one time uh, we had a winter storm, and there was a pine tree that got bent over with the ice, as pine trees do. And it was bent right over the, the entryway of the church there. And so some of the trustees wanted to take the tree out, but Bruce said, no, the tree is fine. If we can get cars under it, we'll leave the arched pine over the entranceway. So we nicknamed it the Gateway Pine, and you would drive into the church underneath the bent pine tree. But it was a special church, had a special connection for me, it had a special connection for many people, and you can tell the Spirit was at work. Just as you see here in this passage where we have the apostles, you can see that the Holy Spirit is is directly involved in this church, the early church as it is starting out. We're on the scene here right after Peter preached his first sermon, okay, about how David is connected to God and how all that's connected. And then they come together where they're teaching each other, they're fellowshipping, and their numbers are growing. And so it tells you exactly what they do here. They, they go to the temple, which the temple was still a main place of worship for them. Then they would break bread and pray together in people's homes. The interesting thing, they sold all their property and held everything in common. They kind of lived in this community where everything was held in common and took care of anybody's needs with the collected wealth and goods there. And they prayed and they did what the Holy Spirit led them to do. And so the early church seems like this utopia type of place where everybody just got along shared everything, the Holy Spirit was directing their work, and it was all great. So what happened? What, what's changed from today's church from the early church? What has changed? I mean, do we all not need to all pull our money together right now and then make a big old pile right here and we just take care of everybody's needs as it goes? Everything's in, in common in community. We take all of our cars and resources and possessions and pull it together and give it to those in need. We don't do it that way anymore. We do it a little bit differently nowadays. There's no big temple where we all go to. Everything's have changed a little bit, but there's still some things that we do that are similar to the early church that still impact us today. While we don't worship in a temple, but what? We worship in a sanctuary space like this. This is a converted gym, but it works, right, as a sanctuary space. We have online people watching in whatever area they're in, but it's worship, right? So we still worship even though it may be different because of technology and, and the times are changing. Uh, the instructions of the apostles, well, there's no apostles around anymore. Okay, They all have gone to glory. But yet we do have their letters in the Bible. And you have gifted Sunday school teachers and small group leaders 
that will teach what's in the Scripture. So we still have teachings from the apostles, but just in a different way. Now, fellowshipping in homes and, and breaking bread in homes, we still might do that some, not as much as the early church, but guess what? We do gather a lot on the fellowship hall to have meals. We gather in the gym on Wednesday nights to have meals. We all go out to eat at restaurants in groups. All right, We still fellowship together, but it might just look a little bit different. When they broke bread, that's, that is a sign that they took communion. Well, we do communion in worship. That's part of our, day, as our, our worship. Once a month at least here, we do communion. And then they take care of the needs of the community. Like I said, we don't pull all of our money together in one big old pile and start divvying out. But guess what? These are some things that we do. Rise Against Hunger is going to happen at the end of August. We raised money in, during Lent over $12,000. And so we're going to be able to get all the meals that we need with that $12,000. We're going to get together on a Saturday in August, and we're going to pack those meals. Okay? We're going to pack those meals. We will send teams, mission teams out to Honduras to do work. We'll send youth missions to inner cities to do work. We still go out and do things for the community. It just looks a little bit different nowadays because times have changed. Times have changed. But yet, it is still doing the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, the church itself, the church itself is not a physical structure that stands and does not change. That's, that's not the church. The church is each and every one of you sitting here in this room worshiping together. The church is a body of believers. It's you. You are the church. And the church can change over time as the Spirit leads it to meet the needs, to do what God is calling it to do. And when you are connected to the Holy Spirit and when you're listening to God and what He's asking you, the church, to do, then many wondrous things will begin to happen. And people in our community will look at this in awe. Because when you're doing things that the Holy Spirit is directing you to do, it will look different than the rest of the world. It will look different than the rest of how people live. Because the Spirit's going to push and, and stretch us in ways that we cannot even imagine. I mean, the congregation that started St. Matthew's, the church, probably never believed that we would now have a sanctuary building out front that we would have additional property over here, that we would have a growing congregation. They, they knew that, it, that they wanted that to happen, but without the Holy Spirit doing all of this, it wouldn't have been possible. And so when Bailey talked about friends and Jesus being a friend, and today we're, you know, we're going through this series, this is the last of the series of the relationship roadmap on ways Scripture tells us how to be in relationship with one another, spouses and kids and outsiders and, and all that today is our relationship with the church but more importantly it's the church's relationship our relationship with God that is something that scripture is telling us here with this passage in the Holy Spirit that we are connected to God when we are listening to his spirit and directing us we're in relationship with him you have to be in tune to that and so the ways you do that, of course, is coming to worship by studying your Bible, by having small groups and things of that nature, okay? That grows your relationship to God, but we do it together as a community, as friends, as friends with the love of Christ. And so when we're doing missions and doing work for the church, we're doing it together. Church is not a solo act. 
This is not something that you can go on your own and say, you know, I'm going to go to church by myself. I'm going to read my Bible by myself. I'm going to pray by myself. It doesn't work that way. It takes each and every one of us doing that together. Doing that together under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so when that happens, then as you see here in the early church, the Lord would add to their number daily those who were being saved. The church will begin to grow. Because people are going to say, look, that is a place where I can go and connect and serve and learn more about my God. There are a lot of curious people out there. And when churches start to make an impact in their area, folks pay attention. Folks pay attention. Churches that focus only on themselves begin to die out. Churches are meant to think outward, to go outward with the help of the Spirit. And so when you start doing that and reaching folks, there's people, I said uh, this morning in a Sunday school class, I ran across the statistic that 50% of people in Madison County don't have a home church. So half of Madison County is unchurched. And the other half that do go to church, some of those are your CEOs, your, the ones that come on Christmas, Easter, and other special occasions, okay? So out of that 50%, there's a smaller group that are connected to a church the way you're supposed to be, by your friends, by the Spirit. So we've got a lot of outward things to go and do. There are a lot of people that need to hear the good news. There need a lot of people to hear that there's grace out there, that you're forgiven, that you are loved and you're worthy. And so whose job is it to take that out there? When you read this story, a lot of people, when they read this story of new folks coming in being saved, they'll put themselves as those new folks being saved. But in this story, put yourself in the place of the apostles who know the story, who are instructed to go out and tell the good news. That's our job. We are to be like the apostles, and we're the ones to go out and get that other 50% connected to a church. What that looks like, it can be different for each every one of us. For my family, it took Bruce Taylor knocking on my door and inviting us to church. Okay, It takes us getting out there and doing that. And so I'm going to leave us with some questions to ponder here. Some things to think about as we look at this story, the early church and its relationship to God through the Holy Spirit, our church, our community of believers, our friends, and their relationship to God. Is our church one of those churches where Madison's looking at awe at the wonders of many signs being done here? Are we that church? Are we a church that is actively discerning the will of God? Are we a church that's so connected to our Creator that we're willing to give everything up for him? Are we a church that says not one person can lay claim to this community of faith? Are we a church that brings about healing and hope? Are we a church that lives in truth and not in fear? Are we a church that people would want to come to? And are we a church that lives and loves like Jesus. Let us pray.